Amen. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I'm pleasantly surprised. I, I, the, the, the 9 o'clock service was packed. I mean, it was packed. I said, Lord God, everybody came to the 9 o'clock service. There won't be nobody in the second one. Amen. But here we are. Amen. Amen. I, I, I got a, a message from a friend of mine. I got a message from a friend of mine in South Carolina. He, he sent me a message. He said, he said, preacher, he said, we're going to get in our new building in about four months. Got four months to go. Is there anything that you would share with us to help get ready for that, with what y'all been through? And, and man, I, I had to really think about that. I thought, hmm, what would I tell him if I could go back four months and, and save? And I, I gave him several things that he could do and, and, and to get the people ready and that type of thing. And, but the one thing I told him, I said, make sure you let everybody know that going into a new building is not going to be perfect. Say amen. amen. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be stuff you have to work out. There's going to be stuff you have to do uh, getting used to it and all that kind of thing. I'm still getting used to it. Uh, how many of y'all was in the very first service two weeks ago? Using the very first service two weeks. How many of y'all know I got ADD? <laughs> Squirrel, you know, uh, uh, and I, I, I see things. I mean, I, I'm like, and it's just me. And, and, and when, when, when in the old format of the old building, uh, we were just kind of like a shotgun, and I can stand here, and I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing. So I don't get, di- I don't get distracted. Well, now I see everything. <laughs> and, ju- <laughs> and, 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 and those sitting in the balcony, don't think you're hidden. Don't even think that you're out, you're inconspicuous. Nobody sees me. You know, we see everything. Amen. So, so we, we got to work all those, those little quirky things out. Uh, there, there's things we got to work out with the sound and the, and the, and the lighting and the, and the cooling. And, and, and if it's going to be hot or it's going to be cold, we, we're getting all that worked out. I, I, and so here is my advice. Uh, uh, bring you a jacket and put in your jacket a fan. So in case it's cold, put your jacket on. In case it's hot, use your fan. Amen. Uh, and we'll get it. Listen, if we adjusted when we parked on gravel, if we adjusted when we parked down in the hole, if we adjusted to a tent in the parking lot on a concrete slab at 45 degrees in the tent, I believe we can adjust. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So, so, so just be patient. Enjoy what God has done for us, and we'll get it all worked out directly. Amen. So, with that being said, how many of y'all are ready for part two of Who Is This Jesus? Last week, last week, we learned who Jesus was. We learned his identity. We learned his activity, what he did while he was here on this earth. We learned about his agony. We learned about him being broken. We learned about him being crucified. We learned about them hanging on the cross. We learned that, that, that man's worst was giving to God as God was giving his best to man. We learned about all of those things, but we learned that on the third day, he got up. He, he rose again. So we learned about his victory, that he is alive and he is well. And, and now we're, we're going to not talk about the past. We're going to talk about the present because you, you, you not only need to know what Jesus did for you, you need to know what he's doing for you. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Let's look at this verse. Hebrews chapter number 7. In verse number 25, if you found your spot, say amen. amen. It says, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Seeing he ever, what's that word? 
He ever, say it with authority, he ever liveth to make intercession for them. In other words, he's living to make intercession for you. He died to save you from your sins. He died so you can make a home in heaven. He died so you could be redeemed. But now he lives so you could stay in a good relationship with your father. Amen? He ever liveth to make intercession for you. So let's, let's do part two today and let's pray. All right, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your goodness today. I'm, I'm so glad you died for me. I'm so glad that, that you sacrificed yourself so I could be forgiven, I could be free. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for uh, the gift of salvation. But Lord, I'm even more grateful for what you are presently doing in my life right now as I speak. God, I praise you and I thank you for who you are and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. He's alive. He's alive. He's not the figment of someone's imagination. He's not a fairy tale that somebody came up with. He is alive. He is well. Say amen. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. Three things I want to show you today. Really, I've got three main points and three subs under the last point. So that's really going to be the message today. But I want to, I want to give you the first two and by way of just kind of sharing uh, uh, what we find in the Bible that Jesus is presently doing right now. Uh, in John chapter number 14, uh, the Bible says that Jesus was speaking to his disciples. They were, they were all bummed out. They were bugged and wigged out because Jesus said he was fixing to leave. He was fixing to go back and be with his father. Uh, he, had, he had done and fulfilled his ministry here on earth. And, and so now they're bugged. I mean, for three years they followed him. For three years, he comforted them. For three years, he provided for them. And they left everything to follow this man, Jesus. And now he's leaving. He's going to die. And, man, they were broken. They were tore out the frame. They were all tore up about it. And this is what he says in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Somebody say amen. You say, preacher, who is this Jesus? He is an architect that is preparing. Say that with me. Number one, he is an that is, he is the architect who is preparing us a place. You know why I'm not bugged about the economy? You know why I'm not bugged about the world situation? You know why I'm not fretting over everything that's going on? This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. The angels are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I'm here to tell you I've got a home in glory that outshines the sun. Why? Because I have an architect who has promised. I have an architect who has given me assurance that this place is not all there is to it. My house on this earth can burn down it can fall apart you can bulldoze it over and I've got a home waiting on me in glory that somebody say amen listen he's an architect that's designing my house my place the place just for me he goeth to prepare a place for me I know what you're thinking so what so what well I tell you so what the same architect who designed the great barrier reef 
the same architect who designed Mount St. Helens, the same architect who put Mount Everest out there the way it is, who dug out the oceans and put the stars in the sky, who hung the sun and the planets and everything there is. That is the architect that's designing my room. Say amen. And yours. And yours. So he is preparing you a place. He, you know, the, 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 the Old Testament custom, the, the bridegroom would go and he would seek out a bride. He would seek out a bride. And when he found the one that he desired, when he found the one that he chose and that he wanted, you know what he would do? He would go to the bride's place where she lived and would pay the bride price, whatever it took to secure the wedding, to make sure she could become his. He would take care of it. And then he would, and, and that, that was, we call it engagement. But it was a betrothal to them. And it was just like they were already married. But it hadn't taken place yet. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And see, he leaves there. And he goes back. Now, you remember, he sought after a bride. The bride that he desires and that he chooses. And he pays the bride price. And it's all taken care of. The deal is done. But it's not finished yet. Because he has to go back to the father's house. Y'all getting this? Y'all a little slow this morning. He goes back to the father's house to prepare a place for him and the bride. Are y'all catching on by now? Well, when the place is prepared, then the father, the, oh, hallelujah, the father, he checks and says, yep, yep. It's finished, son. Go get your bride. Well, then the bridegroom comes back, and he takes his bride, and they go back. Listen, they go back, and they have the wedding supper, and here we go. And everybody lives happily ever after. Preacher, what are you saying? Jesus said this. I came, and I chose, and, 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 and the Bible compares the church to the bride. Jesus came and chose whom he desired. You didn't choose him, he chose you. And then he paid the price to secure you so you could be his. And now he is going to prepare you a place. He's going to prepare a place for you. And when he goes and prepares a place for you, he will come again and receive you unto himself that where he is, there we may be also. What is he, preacher? Right now presently as we speak he's preparing your place he's the architect that prepares i'm 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 putting in for a waterfall in my house say amen i'm kidding kind of just like waterfalls man i just like them amen he's preparing you a place do you realize this is not all there is to it you know, you, you know, sometimes I think we, we don't get it because we kill ourselves trying to get something we're not going to keep. Jim, Jim Elliott, a missionary who was martyred on the field, these were his words. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Are you ready for your home in heaven? Say amen. You see, he's an architect that's preparing. But not only that, number two, he's an administrator. Who's directing? He's an administrator who's directing. And, and by the way, guys in the balcony, I, I'm going to get used to looking this way. My whole life, I've been so nervous and shy and, and scared to death. I'm usually looking this way. And it's taken me 20-something years of preaching just to look this way. And now i got to get used to looking that way. Amen? So 
if you see a lot at the top of my head, just say, preach on, preacher. Amen. I will get it sooner or later. Can I have a, can I have a praise from the balcony? Can I, oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Miss Anita, how you doing up there? All right. Andrew, you're up there too. Hey, don't be jumping off that balcony, Andrew. All right, all right. Sit back down. Sit back down. Amen. Now watch. Now watch. Jesus is the head of the church. Y'all with me? Now watch. Let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him. This is talking about Jesus and for him. And it says, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things, that in, say it with me, that in, say it with me, that in all things, he might have the preeminence. What does that mean? That simply means this, Jesus is the boss. I mean, that's that's, that's cut and dry. Jesus is is the boss we listen this is not a man-led situation we don't come up with an idea and say okay god get in on this thing that's not the way this works we 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 are not we are not a a a a a a a vote everybody and decide which direction we're going to go that's not the way this works listen jesus is in charge when jesus spoke to the seven churches in revelation he told them in every single letter, every single one in Revelations 2 and 3, he said, I know thy works. I know thy works. Why? He's here. He is amongst us. He is here, and he's guiding. He is understanding. He knows our faults. He knows our needs. He knows our problems. And I'm glad to know this. When he told them their problem, he always told them the fix. Are you all with me? Say amen. What does that mean? That means we got to do this. We got to get on our knees and we got to pray and we got to ask God, God, open the right doors. God, shut the wrong doors. God, lead the right way. Lord, when you say go, we will go. When you say stop, we will stop. When you say hang on, we'll hang on. When you say let go, we'll let go. Why? Because He is the administrator. He's in charge. He's in charge. What do we do? We pray about it. We spend time in prayer. We seek God's face and say, God, what direction would you have us to go? He is the boss. Amen, church. But here's the message. This is, I had to give you that because it's the truth. It is what he is presently doing right now. He is presently preparing your place and preparing my place. He is presently right now directing, guiding, administrating his body here on this earth. Are y'all with me? Say amen. But here's the deal. This is the one, this is the one that I want you to really get. In 1 John, in 1 John chapter number 1, or excuse me, chapter number 2, the Bible says in 1 John chapter number 2, it says, My little children, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an what's that word? An advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now, you may not know what an advocate is. An advocate is one who pleads the cause of another. In other words, we can put it in these terms. An advocate is a lawyer. Is a lawyer. It says, if any man sin, 
We have an, a lawyer, an advocate with the Father. How many of y'all in here, how many of y'all in here would be, be honest? Come on now, be honest today. Uh, how many of y'all in here have made a mistake before? Okay. How many of you in here have made a good one? Okay. Now, you don't have to answer this one if you don't want to. But how many of you had a, had a mistake so good you needed an advocate? Yeah, go ahead, Carla. Amen. <laughs> uh, the first time, the first time that I really got the understanding of this was when I moved to Alabama. And, 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 and y'all got to know, y'all got to know, uh, I, I was a preacher's kid, but I was a, 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 a decent one. And I know most preacher's kids are the wildest ones of the whole county. I get that, and they're mean and crazy and all. But I wasn't. I really wasn't. I, I, was, I, I behaved because my dad would kill me. He's in the balcony right now somewhere. I saw, yeah, he's there. I can't believe he's in the balcony, but he's up there. Amen. Uh, and and I, 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 so I, I stayed out of trouble. You know, I mean, I never really got in any trouble. I didn't know anything about that. And the only thing about court that I knew is what I saw on TV with Perry Mason and Matt Locke. Are y'all with me right there? I mean, that was my court experience. Well, I had a guy, I had a guy said wanted me to come to court with him. And uh, he said, come on, I, I, I need you to be a, a character witness. I said, if you had character, you wouldn't be in court. <laughs> character witness, what are you I, that, I don't do that no more, so don't even ask me. Amen, all right? Uh, so I'm in here, and, and I'm nervous, man. I, I, I've never been in this kind of situation before. I didn't, I didn't know what it was like. I come in there, I'm looking around, looking at everything, and, 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 and I come and sit beside him, and I'm seeing everybody else. They're coming in, and some of them don't look scared or nervous. And, I, and I'm telling you, I went, and, and, and all of a sudden, <clears throat> the bailiff comes out and says, All rise. So I rose, and the door opened up. And a guy about nine foot tall and four feet wide with a black gown from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And his name was Judge Cheney. And son, he come out and I got, I got plumb biblical. My knees smoked together. Amen. I was like, good gracious of life. He walks out there very intimidating looking. And I, I guess if you wasn't in there for any trouble, you, he wouldn't be intimidating. And I, I shouldn't have been, but I was intimidated anyway. And I'm standing there, and 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 and, that, and I was watching it, man. I was because I'm I'm nosy too. I I'm, I got ADD and nosy. That's a bad combination, amen. So I'm sitting there, and I'm watching everything, and I'm watching everybody. And, and they would they would they would call a court case and call a person's number, and then then the, the, and but anyway, I'm standing there, and they call the guy that I'm with. They call his number, and man, I'm getting real nervous now. They call his number, and him and his advocate, his lawyer, they go forward and stand in front of in, in front of him, and 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 all of a sudden, God is my witness. This happened just like this. Uh, Judge Cheney went like this. And I went like this. He looked around them fellas, and he looked at me, and he pointed at me. He said, Are you with him? I went, huh. Uh-uh. <laughs> he said, come up here right here. I said, I ain't going up there. I don't want to go up there. Please don't make me go up there. No. And I was sitting there. And by the way, everything turned out all right. Say amen right there. But what got me was I was sitting there watching everything. And just, I mean, I was mesmerized by how everything was working and how they were doing everything. And this is what would happen. We have somebody over here that got real ignorant. Say amen. And done something real ignorant. How many of y'all remember? How many of y'all have done something ignorant before in your life? 
got, uh, got it when he was in trouble. Well, they called his name. They called his name to come stand for what he did. But somebody else on this side of the courtroom stood up with a briefcase in his hand and a suit and a tie on and came and stood in front of the judge and said, Your Honor, my name is such and such, and I'm standing in the place of him. And all of a sudden, the Bible came to life. And I understood and I got it that when, when, say amen, when I make mistakes and I have failures in my life and I have to stand before the judge, Jesus steps forward and says, hey, I'm representing him. He is interceding. He is our advocate. He is our go-between. He is my lawyer. Say amen. Now, when do we need this advocate? When does this advocate intercede? Three things, real quick. We'll say it and go eat some supper. Say amen right there. Number one, he is our advocate that intercedes when the defeats come. When the defeats come. Look what the verse says. Look what it says in 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not, and if any man sin. Let me, you know what? Let's go over this. Flip over there. I, I didn't do this in the first one, but I, I just feel, I feel the need to do this. Turn with me to 1 John. If you've got it, if guys, if y'all can find that on there, I don't know if it, y'all can do that quick enough, but just chapter, excuse me, chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1. I'll read it uh, if, if you can't find it. In 1 John chapter number 1, this is what, this is what it says. In verse number 8, <clears throat> verse number 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in What does that mean? That means this. We're going to have issues. There's going to be days in our life that we could probably just choose to forget. There's going to be days in our life when we are not obedient to the will of the Lord. There's going to be days in our life where we have failures and mistakes. There's going to be times when we just don't do what we are supposed to do. Do I have a witness in the house? Y'all going to get with me? Am I telling the truth? Well, when that happens, when the defeats come, understand this, that there is somebody already there. In the heavens, before the Father, on your behalf. He's interceding. He's interceding. He's interceding. He intercedes when the defeats come. Then number two, this is real big. This is real, 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 real big. When the devil comes. You see, because this is what happens. When we do something ignorant... When we do something real foolish, then the first thing that happens to the devil says, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Do you know what the Bible says in the book of Revelation? It says that he is the accuser of the brethren. And not only is he the accuser of the brethren, the Bible says in that same verse that he accuses night and day. In other words, night and day, he is before God saying, did you see what she did? 
Here she is in church on Sunday and cuss a man out on Monday. Did you see what he'd done? He got an attitude and he lost his temper. And he, Did you see? Night and day. Night and day. He's the accuser of the brethren. But watch what this verse says. In, in Romans 8, 33. Who, who, this is a question. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? That's you and me. It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? What what is what's the devil doing? He's accusing and condemning you. And this verse says, who is going to do that? Who is going to condemn? Who is going to lay anything at our charge? Watch what it says. It is, say it with me, it is Christ. Put this here. In, in, the, in the name of Christ right there, put my advocate. All right, say that with me. It is my advocate. Say it with me. It is my advocate that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying there is a prosecuting attorney, and his name is Satan. And he's good at what he does. And listen, and he's usually right. Think about it. When he comes and accuses you, he's usually right. Because we have done the ignorant thing he's saying. But even though his accusation is accurate, somebody stands up. When they call my name, when he accuses me, and Jesus says, I got this. I paid the debt. I paid the fine. I paid the penalty. He goes free. He is pardoned. Say amen. He's our advocate that comes when the devil accuses. Now, I didn't have this one. I didn't have this one until this morning. When I wake up in the morning on Sunday mornings, my mind is racing with the thoughts of the message. When I go to bed, it's, I'm thinking and I'm trying to go over what, I, what I've learned that week. And, and, and I didn't get this one until this morning. I walked in my office and I sat down. I was going to look at it and, and something else came to my mind. Something else came to my mind. And this is probably going to be bigger for y'all than, than, than the understanding of the devil. Because we, we know the devil does this stuff, don't we? Y'all with me? Get with me, don't we? We know the devil. This is what he does. He accuses. He, he tries to make us feel guilty. He tries to shame us. He tries to keep us from doing what God wants us to do by saying, how dare you get up and sing? How dare you go to church? I saw what you did this week. Come on. Am I preaching? Well, when he accuses, guess what our heart does? It begins to condemn then, see, all the devil does is get it started. And then our flesh takes over and says, I'm so sorry. Then we start feeling guilty. Then we start feeling shamed. Then we start feeling unworthy. Then we start feeling undeserving. And now, now all of a sudden we are in a cloud of guilt. We are in a cloud of shame because the accuser has come and he has condemned us. Even though God said, who's going to lay anything in the charge of God's elect? Jesus took care of that. 
But that doesn't matter because our heart still listened. Watch. This is the verse God gave me to tell you. And this may be the only verse that you really needed to hear today. Watch what it says. Even when our heart condemns us. 1 John 3.20 For if our heart condemn us. What's the next word? God is greater than our heart. Let me read it again. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart. And watch this. And knoweth all things. What does that mean? That means he knew you would do it before you did it. And still, he says, forgiven. You, 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 you may tell you, you, you may tell you what slows down more Christians than anything. You may tell you what hinders the work of God and Christianity more than anything. It's not the homosexual agenda. It's not the it's not the abortion rights people. It's not. It, it's not. It's not drunks and atheists and and and, 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 and drug dealers. Not they're not hindering Christianity. That, that listen that. that, that that they have been around from the beginning of time. You let me tell you what, what hinders Christianity? Guilt. Shame. And what God is trying to say, hey guys, I got this. I got this. Let me tell you what we're doing. Let me tell you what we're doing. Say we go... Say we go eat, eat dinner. Mark, me and you ate dinner the other day. We ate dinner. The lady came to pick up the ticket, and uh, you picked it up, which was wonderful, by the way. Amen. You picked it up, took care of it. She went back, took care of it, made it happen, come back and said, have a good day. And I take the ticket, and I say, here you go, ma'am. And she says, sir, you don't understand. This gentleman here, already took, he already paid for it. I said, no, no, I'm paying. Give, give, give me the ticket. You don't understand. It's paid. No, I said, I'm paying. She says, you can't pay. It's already paid. And the devil is in your head saying, you still owe. And Jesus said, I've already paid. Quit feeling condemned. Quit feeling shamed. It's forgiven. Go on with your life. You know, it even says this. How much more shall the blood of Christ purge your conscience from dead works? That's those ignorant things. That's those dumb things. That's those sinful, wicked things we've done. How much will the blood of Christ purge your conscience from those works that ye may serve a living God? But we're still haunted by the past. We're still haunted by our failures. It's already been paid. It's already been forgiven. It's already been washed away. Are y'all with me? Can I give you one more illustration? How many of you, how many of you have been in a place where you've done something ignorant and you can't forget it? Would you be honest with me just a minute so everybody else can see that, they, that you're not the only one? 
God gave me something the other day to help somebody. And, 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 and I, I want to I help you. All right? Let's say... Let's say this right here is the day and the hour and the time you did. Whoa, that's cool. I'm sorry, I told you, squirrel. Amen. Let's get this out of here. All right. Actually, that kind of spooked me a little bit. I ain't going to lie right there. All right. <laughs> Don't you love the last service of the day? Then you got, you got to love it. Amen. Uh this is the day of my, my stupidity. This is the day I made that mistake. This is, uh, let's not even use the word mistake. Because some of us did what we did with our eyes wide open. That wasn't no mistake. But we did it. Amen? All right, this is my sin. This is the day I failed. Well, even with that there, God has got a plan for us. You know what Paul called it? I pressed toward the mark. My purpose in life. Your purpose is to glorify God. You with me? Your purpose is to do what he's called you to do in whatever form that may be, whatever fashion that may be. It may be preaching. It may be teaching. It may be leading. It may be selling. It may be growing. It may be painting. Whatever it is that God's called you to do and gifted you to do, here it is. I, the mark for the price. That's God's calling in your life. Well, everybody that ever starts comes from a place of failure. Because for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. What does that say? We all got a place of failure we would choose to forget. Now watch how Paul describes it. Watch how Paul describes it. I'm forgetting those things which are, and I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Now here's where we mess up. Here's where we mess up. We get saved, we get delivered, we get forgiven. Our past has been dealt with. Our past has been, y'all with me? And we're trying hard to forget. But the devil keeps reminding us. I'm trying hard to forget and our heart keeps condemning us. I'm trying hard to forget. Uh, I, 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 I know I'm forgiven, but I just can't forget it. Have you noticed there's something I'm not doing? I'm not doing the second part of that verse. That verse says, forgetting those things that are behind, I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm pressing. I'm moving forward. In other words, you can't stay in the same place you was in when you got delivered, when you were forgiven. You can't just stand there because as long as I'm in the proximity of my failure, as long as I'm in the area of my sin and my disobedience, I won't forget it. Ho, 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 ho. But the more I press, the more I learn about my purpose, the more I strive to achieve my purpose, the more preaching I do, the more church building I do, the more growing I do, the more discipling I do, I'm getting further and further away from my past. And the, I'm preaching way better than y'all shouting right now. I'm going to just tell you that right now. The closer I get to my purpose, the further away I get from my past. And some of y'all are still feeling condemned because you won't press on.
Can I be like my grandma for just a minute? Now, you got to understand, my dad's mama, she was my, she was my wrestling grandmama. Listen, we watched wrestling together, and you better not utter the, the demonic words that wrestling was fake. Because she would beat your eyes out, amen? And she knew all the moves, amen? She had anything from, uh, yeah, she knew Dusty, Dusty Rhodes was bionic elbow. Are y'all with me? Uh-huh. And she'd get the leg action, too. Uh-huh, she could get it all. And she was bad to the bone. And, 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 and there's one thing about Grandma Carter. Uh, if you didn't want to know, you best not ask her. Because she's going to tell you just like it is. Are y'all with me? And, 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 and you say, Grandma, I'm mad. This is what her response was every time. Well, boy, you got the same britches to get glad in. And you better be getting there. Amen. She just tell you like it is. Can I, can I just tell some of y'all like it is right now? Quit mully grubbing. Quit whining, quit complaining, and listen, get up and press on. Press on. That, hey, there has to come a time that we quit feeling sorry for ourselves and get up, put our britches on, and get to doing what God called us to do. Because the more you get to doing what God called you to do, the further away from your past you're going to be. And son, I promise you this, it's wonderful. Hey, if there was anybody in the world who had a past that needed to be forgotten, it was the Apostle Paul. He crucified Christians. He murdered them and had them put to death in front of their own children. Don't tell me you got a past. If he can forget what he did, you can forget what you did. But you won't ever do it hanging out where you was. It's time to find new friends. It's time to find new associates. It's fine. Listen, it's, it's time to find new habits. It's time to get on your knees and say, God, what do you want me to do? And I'm going to do it if it kills me. And I guarantee you this, there won't be no condemnation anymore. You'll walk in liberty. You'll walk in peace. Peace. You tired of feeling guilty? You tired of feeling shamed? Wouldn't it be nice to lay your head on your pillow for once and just know that everything's okay? Can we give God praise and glory? Listen, he intercedes when the devil comes. He intercedes when the defeats come. And, and let me just give you this and we'll pray. He intercedes when the difficulties come. Hey, let me say something. That's a good thing God gave me this. because I, I, I don't know who needed to see this today, but somebody did because God told me to say it. wasn't in the first service. They must not have needed it, but it was in this one. Somebody needed this illustration. But let me tell you, this is not going to be easy. What you're fixing to go through is not going to be easy. But you know what I learned in my Bible? Do you remember when Peter was fixing to go through the trial of his life? What kind of trial? The trial that said, Jesus told Peter, he said, Satan has desired to have thee that he may sift you as wheat. In other words, Satan wants to destroy you. But watch what he says. But I have prayed for thee. What does that mean? When you're going through the darkest hour of your life, 
when you face the most difficult time of your life, when you think you're going to go through something, you're just not going to make it, you're not going to get it through, guess what? You have an advocate with the Father who is praying for you. It's one thing to have your mama pray for you. It's one thing to have granny pray for you. It's one thing to have a Sunday school teacher pray for you. And it's great to have the, the, the pastors at the church pray for you. But it's a whole nother deal when you got Jesus praying for you. Now, my Bible says you have a lawyer. His name is Jesus. And he's never lost a case. When's the last time you utilized your advocate? When's the last time that, that your, even your own heart began to condemn you, that, that you went to Jesus and said, please help me? Please help me. You know, what I've, you know what I've heard and I've read about people that go to court without an advocate? You know, that, that represents themselves in court? Y'all probably heard it too. Those that represent themselves in court have a fool for a... I don't know about you, but I don't want the prosecuting attorney Satan on my back without having Jesus having my back. And all God's people say it. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. And let's be still as possible. Be still in the balcony. Be still on the floor. Father, this is the most important time of the service. Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now. Or for those who need to be saved. I pray for those who need to be forgiven. I pray for those who need to just come and be grateful that you have forgiven. That you... You, you have made it where they are under no condemnation. Father, I pray right now in this invitation that, Lord, that you would touch our hearts and help us. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, please be as, as still as you possibly can. In the balcony, we have altar workers up in the balcony. It's the altar just like down here. If you need to join up, if you need to be saved, we'll have people there to help you. If you just need to pray, you just find a space in between them and, and you can have your private time with God. Down on the floor, we're going to use this rock area on both sides. If you just need to pray with nobody bothering you, you come to this, you come to this side or that side at the rock area. And, and listen, we'll be glad to let you and, you and God have your personal time. But if you need to be saved, if you need to join up, we've got altar workers here around this wooden platform. Be glad to help you and take a Bible and show you how to be saved. But I tell you this, some of y'all need to get up and come to this altar and just thank God that you're not condemned anymore. You need to thank God that he is your advocate. When's the last time you just gave him thanks for being such a wonderful, forgiving, and grace-giving God? This is a time of worship. The invitation is a time of worship. Some people think it's just a time for uh, lost people to get saved, but it's not. It's a time for saved people to be appreciative and come to their God and honor him for who he, who he is and what he's done for you. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. If you need to come and utilize this altar, please come. Please come tell God how much he means to you. Father, bless this invitation. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jalen, sing on. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. You need to come. You need to come. Come on.
you need to come. If you're moving, let it be to the altar. If God is speaking to your heart, won't you come? Maybe you just need to come and say thank you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for touching me. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for helping me. Won't you come? He, oh, if God's speaking he to your heart, come on. Will come on. We'll be glad to me. help you. Be glad to help He you. ever loves and Sing it, church. I love he cares this for his own. I must tell own. Jesus. I must tell my advocate. Sing it real loud. So I must tell Jesus. I must tell him all of my hurts. I cannot bear my burdens about your failure, but he's not right about your future. I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles for he is a kind compassionate friend and if I but ask him tell Jesus and Jesus can help me Jesus alone can we give God praise and glory in his house come on let's give him a lot of praise all right all right church say amen all right, what do we have here? We have uh, Brian and Tina Harris have come this morning and joined up with Temple. Let's give God praise right there. Amen. Amen. We've got Rick and Joyce Parker have come this morning and joined up. Let's give God praise right there. Amen. We've got uh, Mr. Caleb Llewellyn. Uh, he got saved the other day. 
but he's coming today to make it public. So how many of y'all are glad little Caleb trusted Christ as a Savior? Amen? Amen. All right. We've got Christy. Uh, uh, where's Christy at? I, I, I seen her earlier in the front. In, in the back. All right. Well, it's Christy, Jake, and Rebecca are coming this morning and, and joining up with Temple. So let's give God praise right there. Amen? Amen. Isn't the Lord good? He sure is. Well, right now we're going to worship in our giving. We're going to give back as God has given to us. How many of y'all God's been good to? Be honest. Amen. We owe a debt we couldn't pay, and he paid a debt he didn't owe. Amen? So we give to him. I want you to, I want you to pray and ask the Lord what he wants you to do, and let's just give as God has uh, spoken our hearts about and, and ask the Lord to honor it today. All right? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings, your goodness, your mercy. Lord, thank you for everything that you've done for us. Lord, in the past and especially in the present, Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done. Give us what we stand in need of. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I heard an old, old story of how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. And I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. And oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. And he loved me ere I knew him. And all my love is to him, and he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. And I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again, and he calls the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, Come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. And no victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. And he loved me ere I knew him. And all my love is to him, and he plunged.